All right, it's nine o'clock, time to get started. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And today is Wednesday, November 13th, and we always get started the same way. Three cheers of joy. So before we get started with our three cheers of joy, let me give you a little update what we're gonna talk about tonight. We're talking about people forcing themselves on you. We're talking about dick pics. I know you guys saw my emoji and uh, a new, um, a really neat article I found out of Texas. So it's gonna be a great night. I'm excited, thank you guys for joining me. And uh, we'll get started. So Three Cheers of Joy tonight is brought to you by 19 Crimes. It's a Cabernet. And there's supposed to be some really neat um, story associated with it. You're supposed to be able to scan the barcode and it tells you the story. I haven't done that yet. The only thing I've done so far is to drink it. <laughs> so let's get started three cheers of joy so I did I followed the same format as last week I made I printed off my format so that I could minimize my rambling blah, 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 blah. you guys know how I get so let's start with that all right so I have my glass of course my glass from STM specialty celebrating my 50 years of joy hashtag 50 years of joy so let's start off and um, first things first, you know we're available. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, my website, JoycelynWells.com. So any of those places you want to hear any past Joy Exposed or you want to see any other things that we have going on, even our calendar, what we'll be doing, where we'll be, da-da-da, you can find it in those places. Well, the website, JoycelynWells.com. So three cheers of joy. My first cheer of joy that I must celebrate my um, first book is almost three years old. February will be three years old. I can't believe it. But one of the things that I've wanted to do since I wrote the book is to record it for Audible. So I played with it a little bit last year and I was really, did a really shitty job, but I was trying, you know, well, I don't even know if I was trying. I just was trying to put something together to make it available. Well, this past weekend, I was able to um, read it. So I was able to read the book and get it recorded um, and to get it edited to, to submit for Audible. Woohoo! So now I'm waiting on approval. So I have submitted it. So cheers to that. It's my first year of joy. So getting the virtues of joy ready to go um, available for Audible because a lot of people ask, do you have it um, on audiobook? And I didn't. So I'm just trying to make sure that now I have it. So cheers to that. My second cheer of joy kind of coincides with the first. We just had that amazing long weekend for Veterans Day and cheers to all the veterans out there. But it was a good weekend for me because I was able to rest and work. I worked a lot, right? So, but in between working, I rested and I was sleeping in like three or four hour kind of chunks, but I was getting up and I was being really productive. So I felt like I've just been given this time to record the, to read and record the book for Audible. But that long weekend just helped me so that I didn't feel stressed out about going to work on Monday. So cheers to the long weekend. I could always use a long weekend. Cheers to that. And then my third cheer of joy um, is the girls' night in that's happening on Saturday. And I've talked about it a little bit, but I'm talking about it again as one of my cheers is because this is my first sold out event. So this is the first event that I've done where it's completely sold out, no tickets available, people actually paid to come, and I'll be there as one of the um, features so i'm really excited about that my first sold out event so cheers to girls night in in atlanta and the funny thing about being um the funny thing about doing stuff and selling yourself or selling your product is that sometimes like one person will be there <laughs> but you still have to have the same level of dedication as if it's 100 people there so this time it's sold out and i'm really pleased about that and the host made it a point to, you know, put that information out there and to celebrate it. So I'm very pleased with that. So Girls Night In is sold out. So cheers to that. And like I said, I'm drinking 19 Crimes Cabernet and it's a red wine and it's, you know, it's dry. It's pretty good. I haven't had the 19 Crimes before, but I do like a good cab. So 
I was pleased with that. I had been drinking some bourbon. You guys know I was on the bourbon kick for a few weeks. So now I'm trying to mix it up a little bit because I get um, a little stuck on it, right? So I just get a little stuck on the same thing over and over. And now I am uh, just trying to, you know, switch it up, have me a little wine. So my three cheers of joy. Thank you guys for joining me. Very pleased about that. So cheers and whatever you guys are drinking, post it up. Let me see. Put in here what you're drinking for your cheers of joy. Or better yet, what are you celebrating? Now, I'm going to say this before I go on because this meant a lot to me. Um, last night, yesterday, my faceless love and I were talking because I've had since I started this incredible journey of discovering, self-discovery, that's what I call it, journey of self-discovery, friends that I had and people that I communicated with every day and had been a part of my life and I a part of theirs, they've kind of, they've kind of gone away, like they've exited our friendships and we're not friends anymore and that's just ended. So I was telling him that I had been thinking about it when I was writing the post space for the third virtues. So I finished the more virtues of joy three last week. So I'm waiting to finish to get it all formatted so I can send it off to the editor. But when I was writing the post phase, I realized that um, in my writing that I was almost able to embed the goodness of our friendships within the words of my book, within the pages of the book, because I've talked about several of them in my books and it's all the good stuff, fun, loving, girlfriend stuff so i don't really i don't really have like the yucky to talk about or um why we're no longer friends or why they're no longer in my life or i'm not in theirs i don't really have that because i don't hold on to that i just it's just how i'm designed i don't really you know i don't get mad and that kind of stuff like for long i'm probably like 10 seconds i'm over it so i was really pleased when i was writing it it just came to me to talk about how grateful i was for the gift to be able to save them, to be able to save pieces of our relationship and how they're in the pages of my book. So I was very grateful for that and for the friendships as well too. He, he said that he had been reflective over it too because he was trying to figure out, you know, what the shift was, what the dynamic was, if I, you know, if we stopped doing stuff together and, and it wasn't any of that. So whatever the reason, you know, that was, you know, that's it. That's what people come in your life and whatever reason they're there, you know, you enjoy them and then they leave. And, um, you know, I, I thought about it. I don't know. I try to be my best self, you know, and I try to live free. So that, that was weighing on me though. But once I was able to write about it or recognize how I saw the friendships and how I was able to hold on to them, that made me feel better about them because I do have the goodness of the friendship, the things that meant a lot to me, I was able to hold on to. So to top that off, I got two things that happened this afternoon. And you know, the universe just delivers us what we need and how we need it. And so after having that conversation, I got this morning two messages from two different people. They don't live near me. One I've known for 20 years, the other one I've known for about five years. But, and they came within like 10 minutes of each other and they don't know each other. So to me, it was like the universe kind of reinforcing that I am moving in a good direction and that this is good for me. So the first one says, good morning, my sunshine. I know I've said it before, at least I hope I have but your way with words gives me life. I love you and I'm so very proud I can call you my sister friend. Have a wonderful day. So that was the first one. So of course I was like, oh my God, what did you read? <laughs> like, where'd that come from? So that one came at 8.34. And then the other one came at, let's see, 8.34 was one. And then, hold on a second. Oh, so they both came about 8.34. So they both came at about the same time. The other one said, good morning, beautiful. You are simply amazing and forever will be one of my favorite women, sister, friend, and author. Thank you for allowing me to share your air always be, and always be my authentic self. Peace and blessings. So, you know, that just made me feel really happy because I was sitting there almost mourning and trying to understand why I've missed these friendships. And these opportunities or what happened to them. And then the same couple that I was 
the two that I was kind of mourning, trying to figure out how it could have held onto him. Then this comes this wave of energy and goodness from two different sources. So just reinforcing the idea that we have to move the way we have to move. We can't stay in place for people. <clears throat> and you guys know I talk about that all the time. You can't let people hold you in place. And you can't stop being who you are for the sake of somebody else. You can't move. You can't not move forward. You have to. No one can hold you in place. So even if we try, there's still mechanisms that happen to propel us forward. So I just wanted to say I'm very grateful for that. I'm very grateful for the energy and love you guys give me every week when you get on the show and you make your comments. And I'm so happy for that because it means a lot to me. Because remember, all of this started new for me, right? I didn't, I didn't dream of any of this. It just happened and it's happening. And I'm very grateful. So thank you guys for rocking with me. I appreciate you. So that's my sappy self. I'm over that. <laughs> so last week... Okay, so now it's time for the Facebook post of the week. But the Facebook post of the week is actually coming from last week's um, broadcast. Remember last week I was talking about why I love men so much? Remember I was talking about how I love men and they're so powerful and yummy, yummy, yummy. So we were talking about that. And so one of the viewers, uh, Jay High, he's a visual artist in Atlanta, he made a comment, but I forgot to go back and talk to him about it. I forgot to go back and address it. So he said, when we were talking about, okay, so the way that the conversation went, I was saying that men, men get the women, men select the women that they need and they invest they put into this person because it's an investment for them. Their family is an investment to them. Their, you know, so men, men are okay with who they are, but when they choose a woman or they select their woman, they see the woman as an extension of themselves, right? So they don't. They're not just loving all these different women. Now we can love. We can love every man we ever meet. I'm sorry, that's the truth. We can love them. We can at least think about love them. We can put ourselves in a position of forever with them. That's what we're capable of, but that's how we're designed because we're women and because we bear life inside of us. So we don't have a thing. We don't have a way to love. We love in multiple ways because that's how we're designed. I mean, we, you know, if you have more than one child, more than one child, you know that you don't love them the same. You can't love them the same because they don't even require the same. So loving for us comes from a different space. However, men have maybe one or two that they can actually love. Now, they can get it with anybody. It don't matter. They can get it. They can spend time, whatever. But to love them and see them as an extension of themselves, it's only one or two people. Well, we get caught up. We get caught up in trying to make men love us and they aren't capable of loving us. Now, that's not our fault. It's not anybody's fault. It's not anybody's fault. But if a man isn't capable of loving you, you can't drag them into a relationship. Sorry, you can't drag them into a relationship. You can't force them, cry, kick, scream, whatever. So last week, as we're having this conversation, talking about when a man takes his woman, when a man sees a woman that he is capable of, he's going to do what he naturally does and care for this person because it's an extension of himself and making his partner better, pouring into his partner allows that person to flourish. And it is a benefit to him because it's essentially his, himself that's benefiting, right? He is, um, you are an extension of him. So Jason was talking about, he was at the barbershop and they were talking about it. And one of the guys said, he invests in his wife and children and gets that investment back in multiple ways. He gets it in return in different ways. And we never went back to talk about this. But I wanted to bring that back, bring that up, because when we talk about relationships and we see people and we're trying to force these negative relationships and settle for these relationships, we don't understand men or women who get into them. We don't understand that men who, if you are his and he is capable of you, He's going to do without you telling him, without you asking, he's going to take care of his partner, his mate, his spouse, 
as he takes care of himself because you are essentially one. That's where people talk about becoming one. You are an extension of him. He has to take care of himself. He has to. That's what life is. And if he can't take care of himself and he's still in the adolescent space and you don't need to be fucking with him anyway. Sorry. But so we have to pay close attention to that, that when men are selecting their person, and I always say you have to let men choose. I mean, I spent years choosing men. Oh, I want him. I want him. Oh, he's this. He's this. He can be this. He. I spent years choosing. And I can't even say it's a waste of my damn time. But I'll tell you what, it's a waste of my damn time. <laughs> That's horrible. But you spend so much time choosing, hoping that somebody will become who you want them to be. You're choosing them, trying to make them something else. Guess what? As a mom, as a woman, we do that with our children. We hope that our children will become. We guide them. We offer them advice. We move them forward. That's our job as a mom. Our man, we don't do that for them. We don't, we're not raising our men. That's already happened. Mom's already done that. But when we get the man and we're trying to get him to change or get him to be this or get him, that's, a, that's on us. And we shouldn't do that. Men are who they are. They move the way they want to move. I mean, I'm not saying that you don't offer insight and suggestions maybe. Hey, you know what? Maybe you should consider this. But for raising them and trying to get them to become the man you want or the man that you think you need, it's a waste of fucking time. Because they'll never be able to. And to top it off, you can't even see what you need in a man. You can't see it. We can suggest it and we could hope it. But we, we don't even have enough. God hasn't given us the ability to see what we need in another person. We know it. We know how to take care of ourselves. But when you start trying to design a person to be what this is in their in your life you're wasting your time you don't have that ability the only person you can see is you the only person you have control over is you now men are able to see men see in a different place i say that all the time and it's women out there that love to compete with men i know it i know they're out there they want to compete i can do what he can do da 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 good for you. I'm not competing with a man. A man is amazing. His ability to see is a way that I can't. And hopefully he has been reared or raised enough to be able to see in those areas, in those pockets that I can't see. I'm a woman always. I'm not participating. I'm not competing with a man ever. That's not what I'm going to do. So we have to be careful trying to raise them to try to get them to get to this space that's going to be good for us. Because as much as we lay out what we want and they follow along what we want, they'll never, we'll never exhaust our wants from another person. You'll get it and then you'll want something else. And they'll, they can do anything. People can do anything temporarily. That don't mean it's changing them forever. So I think that we have to pay close attention to that. So I liked it. Um, Jason had already spoken with somebody about it. I like that he was able to say, oh my God, we were just talking about this. That means a lot to me when people are able to make connections with what happens here and draw from other parts of their life. So Jason, I don't see you on here tonight, but thank you so much for joining and thank you so much for commenting. And I'm going to tell you, you guys know, I'm 50 years old. I have met men. I have dated them. I have seen them. I have chosen them. I have shot my shot. I've done all kinds of shit. I've tried to be less me to make them more comfortable. Well, you think you smart. So then I'm going to try to be less smart to make them more comfortable. I've done all that. I've framed myself in little boxes to make other people feel better or whatever. So waste of time. All I'm doing is suppressing me. All I'm doing is taking me and putting me in a box in hopes that this person who'd rather have me in a box can keep stay with me while I'm in the box. Well, first of all, they don't want anybody on the box. How often are they coming to visit the goddamn box? They're not. They'd rather go out and play in other places. So we have to be very careful of that because the man who's capable capable of you is the man that will allow you or encourage you to flourish. They want you to be great because your greatness is a reflection of them. So thank you, Jason, for your comment last week. And then um, also about last week's show, we had um, 
oh man, I got a call. Uh, maybe it was Sunday or Monday morning. Sunday, Monday morning, I got a call and I was talking to um, someone who listens to the show. They're six hours ahead of us. So they listen the next morning when they're going to work. So they're asleep now. So when they go to work in the morning, they listen to the show. And she called me and she was like, look, I would have, before I heard this, I would have disagreed with you. You know, I would have said that, you know, men will change for the people they want to change for. She said, but I was sitting there listening to you and I'll, all I could see, and there's a guy that she used to date, all I could see was him trying to make adjustments to be for to be my man, but he wasn't moving fast enough for me. He was moving too slow. He couldn't get it together. But I was listening to you and I was thinking of all the things that he did. He never tried me to be try to tell me to be less. He always wanted me to be happy. If I wanted to do something, he wanted it done. He was trying to figure out how to move from here to here. She said, I was listening to all of that, but it wasn't happening for me fast enough. And I just was over it and I stopped seeing him. She said, and now I understand that he was trying to show me that he was capable of me and he wanted to take care of me, but it wasn't enough. And she said, I couldn't see it. And I told her, well, you weren't supposed to because you were still, you were healing. You were coming out of another place and you were healing. You're not supposed to see it. The effort, first of all, we owe it to ourselves to be healthy in a relationship. <laughs> we owe it to ourselves to be healthy for the person coming to love us. We owe them that. We can't be fucked up and expect somebody to come and love us and heal us. We can't. We have to do our own healing in our own time. But you have to be aware that you need the damn healing. You've got to be aware that you have to have the healing. Otherwise, if you're yucky and you're in a relationship, the person who is coming for you will not be capable of you because they cannot heal you. Your healing determines your journey, how far you move on, your path, how far you move along your path. So if you're fucked up from relationships past, childhood, and you keep getting in all these crazy ass relationships and blah, 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 guess what? That's all it's going to be. It doesn't matter how good the person is that comes, you're still going to be fucked up. When I started dating Faceless Love, I was bananas but I was trying. I had already made some steps to get to a good place for myself. I used to lose my shit. I would break up with him. And it got to a point that he would say something like, how you feeling today? And I would be like, uh, I'm, I'm all right. I, he would be like, all right, there, you get you some rest. I'll talk to you later. Because he knew if he kept talking, I was going to snap the fuck out. But he knew that he had to be consistent and patient with me healing. He didn't push me into anything. He didn't say, you crazy, you bipolar, you this, you this. He didn't give me any of that. He was just like, all right, this mine. I, while she's working through her stuff, I'm gonna work through my stuff. But meanwhile, I need to stay firm in this because this belongs to me. This one is mine. And that's what he did. And I got better, but I had to do stuff. I had to acknowledge a lot of my past from childhood and past relationships was fucked up. I had to acknowledge that I wasn't moving in a direction that was beneficial to anyone. I had to own my own participation in yucky ass situations. I couldn't blame somebody for something. Well, he did this and this, this. It's a waste of my time to blame somebody when I went into the situation willingly, but you get to a point that you're aware that this is stupid. This is bullshit. You get to that point and you realize, oh, I'm not going in that anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. So you start backing out of it. One of the rules that I made for myself in dealing with men, because I've told you guys last week how much I love men, is that I don't argue with men. So I figured out, I don't argue with men. Me not participating in the argue with, argument with men is me not participating in a moment that somebody wants to control or manipulate me. What are we arguing about, first of all? And if you're my man, you're not going to argue with me. What you arguing with me for? You, what you arguing with me for? I belong to you. You arguing with yourself because we trying to 
what what's the problem what's the argument so that when i figured out when i would say that oh i don't i don't argue with men it's fine whatever you're good and shut that shit down men would be like well nah don't talk to me about it but that's me taking control of myself it's also me not allowing uh, abusive language emotional or mental abuse coming to me and i was able to shut it down and i don't argue with men i said on facebook too oh i don't argue with men well you just think such and such and such i don't argue with men you whatever okay all right bye because we'll never even have to talk again right we ain't got to talk we're not forced to talk to each other we're not in a relationship together we even if we felt like we were in a relationship it's temporary so why what what are we arguing for the goal is happy who gonna argue about being happy screw that so that saved me a lot but when people are coming for you and moving in and out uh people are coming for you and moving in and out you know of um your life and trying to get to know you and find you you have to be honest with yourself and about who you are and not just women men struggle with that too men have a lot of damage men are emotionally and mentally and verbally abused coming up by women in their lives by men in their there's a lot guess what we i can't be responsible for that because i can't heal you the only man i can literally protect is my son that's the only man that I can protect. I can't protect my nephew. I can't protect my man. I, I can protect my son. That's the man that I've been given the ability to offer guidance and leadership and movement for. But a man come to me hurt, I can't do anything for him. I don't want to hear him whine. I'm definitely not listening to a man whine about his baby mama, his mama, his job suck, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to hear none of that because all of those things are things that you can fix. If you don't like your job, get another job. If you're not making enough money and you want to make more money, get another job. Do something else. If your child support too high and this, guess what? You have you have children. They'll be 18 one day. How are you going to make the supplemental money to pay it off? Like men literally accept that shit and keep it moving. You don't get a pass because now you're unhappy and you can't do this or you can't do this, right? So I, I, I definitely own that. When people come to you hurt and wounded and want to drain the life out of you, you can't let them because you need your life. You need to keep it moving. You need to grow and move on yourself. You can't let people drain you. People can't, you can't because you don't, you don't grow. You can't continue to grow when you're exhausting yourself. I was talking to um, a lady last week. We were talking about how, um, People like to come to you to talk about their problems. They want to talk and you and you give them that opportunity to come and they want to talk. Well, I used to do it all the time and I would own their problems. Like they would tell me something and I would be like, oh my God, what are we going to do? You know, like, so I'm, I'm like all emotionally attached. And then I talk to them again in a month and I ask them, well, how's that such and such? And they're like, what? What you talk? They don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. They done came and dumped that shit on me and they moved on. I'm literally the trash can for the emotional stuff. So I had to figure out how not to turn people away, but how I also had to protect myself in their crap. So my rule is three. First time you wanna talk about it, talk about it. Cause you're trying to figure it out. That's not anything wrong with that. Second time you wanna talk about it, I'm gonna make some suggestions. Cause we talked about it first. I'm thinking of some things that may happen that you may that may be good for you, whether it's a book, whether it's a class, whether it's so I'm because if you come into me, you must want something that I have. Right. That's my thought. Otherwise, don't come to me. Go to somebody else. Second thing, I don't thought of it. So if they come to me, I make a suggestion. You bring the same thing to me three times. I'm going to say, hey, did you take that class? Did you read that book? And you're going to and they're like, no, I didn't have time. Well, why the fuck are you coming to me? Why are you coming to me? I've already given you what I have and I can't afford to walk along my path carrying the weight of your shit that you don't want to solve, you don't want to unhand, but you want me to carry it. I can't do it. Why me? Why have I been chosen to carry this that you don't even want to take care of and you continue to live in it, but you want me to carry it? No. I will not. Now, I don't know 
what that means to anybody other than me. I have to protect myself because I have a job to do. I have to be of purpose. I can't be, I can't see talking to my guy friend and then see his woman and I'm mad at her because she was tripping when he went out last week and she ain't, I can't, what the hell, that's crazy. I ain't got no energy and time for that. So you have to protect yourself when people are trying to drag you into the muckety muck. So let's see. We've got, um, so thank you, Jason. Thank you for the call from Italy about the um, understanding when men are preparing for you. So we have STM Specialties. Oh, Stephanie Specialties. I think she changed the name. My Glass 50 Years of Joy. She also has um, these Steffies. They're like Yetis. I call them Steffies. They're great for the holidays. You'll see them on my page. And on November 21st, which is Next Thursday, a week from tomorrow, I'll be at the West Main Exchange in Tampa. Hopefully, that'll be a good turnout. I am um, excited about it, trying to figure out what to do. How am I going to enjoy that moment and that new experience? So that's that. So let's see. Let me keep going. So let's see. Henry said he's going to say good night, but let me say this. A man wants a lady to be herself. We can spot phony when we first walk up. So that was a comment left. Thank you, Henry. Good night. So um, that was a, a comment from Henry. And uh, so we're going to keep going because I've got a really fun topic to talk about. So people feel the need to force themselves on you. Sometimes people want to make you, I was just talking about it. They want to give you their stuff. Even after you tell them no, they, and they get mad because you don't want it. They go, and you're like, well, I don't want it. Like, even somebody talk, trying to talk to you, stop talking to me. Those are great words for me, by the way. Stop talking to me. When people want to force themselves on you, even after you say no, why do you think that is, right? Like, and who are these people that are so caught up in who they are that they're going to make you take what they have to offer, even when you tell them no? That's, that's kind of rape, right? It's kind of rape. You've, I've said no. No means no. And, um, but they do it. And I have to be, I had to get strong enough in understanding that you can't talk to me any kind of way and you can't put that shit on me. So I can tell you, no, stop talking to me. Best thing I ever learned to say, stop talking to me at work. Talk to me in email, please. Do not talk to me in passing. That saved me because I felt like I had to take it especially somebody who's a bully. Somebody's like, I'm a, you gonna do what I want you to do. That's a bully mentality. But we grew up, we grow up with people who like that in our house. We're sometimes trained, almost conditioned to be bullied. And then we grow up to bully somebody else without ever taking the time to say, hey, can I talk to you for a moment? Or hey, you know what? I'd like to speak to you about asking permission to enter somebody's space to violate their desire to like listen to you just ask for their attention you're going to force them to take it now so i wanted to mention that as i move into the um segment because this kind of happened to me so i usually i get a lot of i don't get a lot anymore because i I think people just be like, I'm not fucking with her. She's crazy. But I used to get a lot of call, little inbox. We talked about that one night. People would be in my inbox sending me messages. You know, hey, beautiful. Good morning. Hey, you know, I was reading your blog or blah, blah, blah. You know, that kind of thing. So I welcome that stuff because it's important to me to talk to an organic reader. Somebody's reading my stuff. I want people to read my stuff. So if you're reading my stuff and you make comments in my inbox, I'm probably going to say hi. I, and my inbox has zero messages. I will go through and be like, hi. People say, I told you guys before. Somebody say hi. I say hi. They don't, they don't know how to say anything beyond that. They want me to offer. And I'm not, I don't have anything to offer. So it's just a hi. Or um, good morning, beautiful. Good morning. Thank you. You know, that kind of thing. So I'm very succinct in it. And I do believe in the goodness of people. So I don't think that people are naturally out to get me. Not anymore. I used to think that, but that's because I was not aware completely of who I was, and I wasn't aware of the fact that I had a choice in them taking from me. So now I am, so I'm a little bit more, you know, I'm, I'm fine with them, you know, reaching out or saying hi. Well, there's a guy who lives in my 
uh, my hometown, my dad's hometown, who would comment, you know, hey, how are you? You know, and he's going to buy my book, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. So we had this conversation. So he, you know, would send me a couple messages and I would be like, you know, laugh out loud, you know, whatever. So he says one night, he says, I want, I want to send you something, a little secret between me and you. And I was like, now, I don't need any secrets. And y'all know I talk about all kinds of shit. So secrets really don't mean anything to me. <laughs> Sorry, they don't. So if somebody tells me they want to send me a secret, that means they want me to remain quiet about something they've done or, or to not share it. Well, I have a whole podcast. I'm going to share what the fuck I want to share. So don't come at me trying to get me to keep some shit a secret. I'm not going to. So I was like, no, thank you. And then he made a comment again and was like, well, it's a secret. It's just between me and you. And I said, of course, hey, no means no. If this is a problem for you, stop communicating with me. And now, okay, that's what he said, okay. So the next morning I wake up, lo and behold, what do I have in my inbox from the same person? A picture of his dick. A picture of his dick, right? So I'm like, I said, I told you that this, I told you no, that I didn't want this picture. I'm forwarding it to the police and I'm blocking you. So I'm not even mean, right? I'm not mean like snapping out or whatever, but I was trying to figure out what in the hell has to be going on in somebody's selfish, misogynistic mind maybe to make you to make you receive a picture of his dick now i love men i don't have a problem with that i love men and i know men have dicks i'm not surprised by that i've been around long enough to know they exist and i've seen some not a problem with that but specifically me saying no is me saying no and you're gonna take it from me you're just gonna take my choice for me to satisfy your what because you think I'm going to look at your dick and be like, ooh, it's nice. I'm going to talk to him now. Well, if I didn't want to fucking talk to you last night, what makes you think your dick is going to change my mind? I was annoyed by that. So I called my faceless love and I told him about it. I said, I'm talking about this shit on my podcast. <laughs> He's like, talk about it. And that's the one thing about him that makes him so great is I talk to him about all kinds of shit. He knows that I believe in the goodness of people. He knows that I'm looking for the interaction with organic readers and new readers and new He knows all of that. So he's not tripping like, well, why are you talking to him? And da, 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 da. It's not that. He's like, talk about that shit. Put it out there. Well, the funny thing that happened, and this person, my brother, my oldest brother, James, knows this person, right? So he would have a flip if he knew about it. And I didn't even tell him because I was like, I ain't going to tell him. My brother going to snap on his ass. But it pissed me off so bad because I felt like you've intruded in a sacred space of mine. I don't want to see it. And you guys know me. You've read my books. I don't have a problem with dicks. I have never had one. I know enough about a phallus to talk about it from tip to the bottom. Tell you how it worked, probably know more about it than you know about it. That's how much I love men, and that's how much I love them. However, if I specifically tell you no, no, I don't want it, then guess what? I mean, no, I don't want it, and you don't get to take it from me. So I got it. I screenshot it. I sent it with the name of the Facebook name on there, forwarded right to the little police, and told them, and they may not do anything with it. Who knows what they'll do with it? However. The next day, I saw an article out of Texas where Texas has now begun to fine for unsolicited dick pics. So it's a thing. Men are just sending pictures of their dicks to people who are not asking for them. What? Do women do that? Hey, I wish somebody would respond. Do women just send pictures of their cooch? to people and do men complain about it? Maybe that's more of the question. <laughs> Maybe that's more of the question. Maybe the men don't complain about it. However, when I saw that Texas was now making fines for it or uh, assigning fines for it, I was like, 
oh yeah, this is a problem. So it says, the article says, sending unsolicited dick pics is now illegal in Texas and could result in a $500 fine. Sending unsolicited dick pics is now illegal in Texas. Uh, it could be a $500 fine. The new law has come into force following a campaign by feminist dating app Bumble. Now, I could see why this would start with a dating app because when you meet somebody on the dating app and you connect with them the hope is that you can get their attention here's the thing if you if you're in if you want to get my my attention you're gonna need more than a dick you're gonna have to have way more than that to get my attention i've seen them and i don't i if i tell you no i tell you no it would be like you forcing me to Eat a hamburger. Would you like a hamburger? No, thank you. And you give me a hamburger anyway. Why would you give me a hamburger? I've already told you no. It's disrespectful, completely disregarding the fact that I said no. And if I'm telling you no and you're forcing something on me, why in the fuck do I want to keep interacting with you? What, is, what makes you think that's the thing that's going to get my attention? Why do you think that you can that I'm gonna keep messing with you, that I'm gonna keep dealing with you after I've told you no. You've already showed me that what I'm saying to you isn't important to you. You've already showed me that I don't, you don't think I'm aware enough to know what I want or not want. You're not respectful of my words. You're not respectful of me. How does that work? How many of you continue to mess with somebody or deal with people after they go, go against what you've told them? Now, think of it like this. If you're trying to have sex with somebody and they tell you no and you force them to have sex, even if you take out your privates or whatever, what is that called? Uh-huh, rape. Mm -hmm. It is. It's rape. People are ashamed to report it. Women feel like, well... I was in the situation. I shouldn't have. Men don't. Men will walk away from it and think that it's not rape. Well, she was going to give it to me. I had my clothes off and you have all of this. But the fact of the matter is when somebody tells you no and you do it anyway, that's rape. And who the hell wants to deal with a rapist? Who? Who wants to deal with the rapist? And I, that, I was so annoyed by that. And it's funny because y'all know how much I love men. You know how much I love dicks. I've written books about sex. Like, you know that. And I was still annoyed. And this person hadn't even read my book. I was still annoyed by the fact that I said no, and they sent it anyway. So we have, to, that's my self-preservation. That's me saying, uh-uh, here's a wall. You've crossed it. You've crossed this line. I'm done. And, you know, maybe they can, maybe they'll find him and maybe it'll become a, illegal in Florida and Georgia. I don't know, but I'm going to tell you what, when people try to force you into doing something that you don't want to do, they're not good people for you in any capacity, in any capacity. I don't care what it is. If you have expressed a disinterest and somebody's trying to make you do it anyway, they're not good for you. Get rid of them. I don't care how cunning they are or how... It's somebody who completely doesn't even, they don't even think you understand or you think you know what you can, what you are and are not capable of. So I hate that. So I just wanted to share that. I got an unsolicited dick pic and um, it made me unhappy. Trifling ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was so annoyed. I just had to talk about it tonight. So my... Um, Woman Crush Wednesday. I didn't choose a Woman Crush Wednesday for this week. I don't know. I may have to pass on that this week, but I didn't choose anybody. Uh, yeah, so I may have to pass on that because I don't want to just throw something out there and I haven't prepared to talk about all the yummy stuff that somebody has done. So, um, let me go into tell you this. Oh my gosh, I just got a hold on. I got a whole call from um, 
an old friend on my phone just now. So that was really weird. I'll have to call her back. Maybe she's looking, she can't be looking at the podcast because she called me, she wouldn't have called. So let me think uh, how we'll wrap tonight up. Uh, so, um, oh, that threw me completely off. So have you guys had an opportunity to read my blog, right? So in my blog, I've been trying to put in about once a week in my blog. Today I published the article and it was actually the preface to my first book. So I was really pleased about it because I hadn't read it in a long time. So when I was reading my first book loud for the Audible, I had to, um, you know, go back over everything and it really just warmed my heart. But it also made me realize how much stuff I do kind of in a zone-ish, right? Like I'm in it, I do it, I get out of it and I'm gone. In it, out of it, gone. And I get into this place of working and I miss so much of what I write. And um, I was very excited to read it because it talks about how, how I learned about me, how I learned to accept me and appreciate me and my growth as a woman. So that was, and I published that in my blog in my blog this week. So that was really cool. If you haven't had a chance to read it, it's called, it's under Blog of Whimsy. It's got all of my blog entries in it. And I'm trying to get better with putting stuff there. But you know, it requires a lot trying to manage everything. Also, in finishing my third book, The Virtues of Joy 3, uh, this is the third set of short stories. And um, I just had the, okay, so, let me see. I got my here. Let me show you real quick while we still have some time. So if you haven't seen the cover of this before, you guys know I'm horrible with this camera. Okay, I'm going to turn it this way so you can see. This cover is a picture of me from the back, right? So you see my hair at the top. Uh, let me hold it. See, so my hair at the top, my back, and then my bottom. This is my first cover. And this is a painting by Don Galmore. And so she, that's it. That's the first one. The second one is a little more obvious. It is a painting of me from the front. Well, hold on. Get the light right. It's a painting of me from the front, right? So you see my breast, my tummy, my hips, and then you see I've got on some little panties. So that's the second one. Well, my son suggested if, to, if I do a third one, then I need to do a side. So the third one would be a side view of me. And so I've just sent my pictures off. Um, my side view pictures to the uh, dawn to paint the cover for the third one. So I'll be waiting as I'm getting the book finally formatted and all of that and edited. I'll be waiting on the cover for that. So I'm really excited about it because she's a great artist and she's been so generous in putting these covers together for me and trying to capture the things about me that feel good. And so I'm very pleased about that. And that's in the works right now. So Dawn is working on that. And then my last, my third book, The Weekend of Traveling Roses, is just a picture that I took for the weekend and um, at an Airbnb that I stayed. So that's the third one, a little novelette. And I've got another one that I'm working on too. So we have a couple things coming out. Um, of course, always, I want you to buy my books. And, um, but I really appreciate your support here. And don't forget, you can download anything from SoundCloud, uh, need followers there, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and also just to be active on my website, there's always good stuff there. And if I'm around in your area, then um, definitely get to come out and, you know, see me in your area. So let's see what else we're going to talk about real quick. We have about 12 minutes left. Um, let, me, let me tell you guys this because I don't think you know. Anything, mm, yeah, anything, you guys know I work full-time. Like, I have a whole job. Outside of my publishing stuff, I have a whole job. And the one thing about my job, since I've been in, in education, the one thing that I have learned about existing is to learn this kids that I'm working with. And I, you know, they're, they're adolescents. So I've worked at high school, I've worked at college, now I'm teaching in middle school. But the one thing that I know, and I would recommend this to anybody, and I was thinking about this the other day, and I'll probably spend some more time on this next week. Women, when we're dating, women who don't have experience dealing with 
young people don't understand the level of maturity of the men they're dealing with. Does that make sense? So you meet somebody and they're grown. You expect them to be grown. You expect them to have their shit together. You expect the conversation to be. You have all of these expectations. And probably the same for men. I can't speak from the male perspective, but, you know, it may be true. But um, one of the things that's helped me a lot is to be able to see people in their adolescent space. So as a single woman, when I was dating, if I met men that reminded me of my students, then I know, oh, they remind me of my students. And people get mad, like, oh, you saying I'm a child? And I'm like, no, but our conversation is very similar to that of a child, of, our, of my student, not a child. I wouldn't say it's a child, but of a student. So that helped me a lot. If you can have an opportunity to be around people, young people, then that will put you in the mindset of what the conversation is, what the behaviors are, where they are in adolescence. And when you meet an adult man that's 50 and he acts like a 12-year-old, the conversation is a 12-year-old, their actions are 12-year-old, their level of responsibility, it's easy to count them out. It's easy to be like, oh, no, I'm not dealing with them. They're a child. So that to me is very interesting. And I thought about that because I've been in situations where I've literally said, oh, I just had this conversation with my students. And people are like, you had this conversation? I'm like, yeah, we just talked about this. And the funny thing is that people want to be mad at you because you're aware of it. You are, but I'm not interested in somebody in a 14, 15 year old mindset. Why would I be? I don't care how old you are, but if I have to deal with you like a child, then you're not for me. But because I can see that in people where a lot of people can't and they find themselves stuck in these relationships that they can't move forward because they're literally babysitting an adult person who's incapable of moving on, right? That also ties into my um, broadcast a couple weeks ago when we are talking about people needing maybe some help, people who needed help in school, whether they had a 504 plan or IEP or they had, you know, different things where they didn't learn at the average or they were below average. People who did that stuff in school, they've been to a psychologist. They've had all of these different treatments and well, not necessarily treatments, but they've been to a psychologist and they've been to a behavior specialist and they, they've gone through all of that to get these diagnoses. They don't go away when you become adults. So they don't, they don't go away. So when you're in a situation and people can't move forward or have the conversation with you, it's a valid, that's a valid conversation to have. Hey, did you require extra help? And did you this? And you ask questions about what they need. And it doesn't mean they're not a good partner. It just means that being aware of somebody having a learning disability is a big deal. If somebody has a disability, you want to know about it. That's the only way you can deal with them. That's the only way that you can be of be beneficial to them and they can be beneficial to you. Because once you get out of school, don't nobody talk about your learning disability anymore. Ain't nobody following up on your IEP. Right. Nobody's doing that anymore. So we have to be very careful when we're dealing with people in that light. So when you're out there and you're meeting people, girlfriends, guy friends or whatever, you have to be completely aware of the fact if you feel like they're in a place that's causing you to treat them like they're a child or they're in a place that they're not moving forward or it's not a beneficial space for you to be in. Or maybe you're the person. Maybe you're the person that had the IEP or 504 and you're struggling with meeting people and being in these situations. Then you have to say that. You have to let people know, oh, you know what? Um, I, and now I say it all the time. I have attention deficit. It's who I am. I'm chaos all the goddamn time. That's me. I have, and I will go from project to project to project to project. I'm not going to be different. How I can't be different. It's how I'm wired. It's what I do. So when somebody is has a problem with the way that I'm doing things, and you this and you this and you do too much and you need to slow down and you this and you this and you this, now I know. Now I know that it's. That's fine. You can feel that way, but I can't be different to make you feel better. So fuck it. Bye. You're not the person for me. And so, you know, I'm, I'm serious about that. I've had people tell me that you're doing too much. Are you this? And you did. All right. Shit. What? I'm going to be different. Like, I, 
I didn't have any control over this. This is just how I am. So we have to be really careful about that when you're getting to know people and you can't put um, your basic labels on them on what you see on them. You have to literally see them as they are. You have to accept them as they are. They're either gonna wanna grow or they're not gonna wanna grow. They're either, they either got it or they don't have it. I mean, we see it all the time on Facebook where people want to put these little basic labels on if he don't do this or she don't do this and what if she don't cook and blah, blah. We can't get caught up in that. You looking at the intrinsic value of someone and what they bring to your life. And men see that in women. Women can see goodness in everybody and then want to be disappointed when he ain't shit. Well, he wasn't shit when you met him. Ta-da! The only thing that you're mad at is that you hoped he would be better. You had dreams of tomorrow. He only offered you this moment, and you had dreams that tomorrow he'll be better, or you'll see him again. So it's not on him. It's on us for putting our hopes and our thoughts on somebody else. We can't do that to people. We can't hold people hostage with what we see. It's not fair to them. And hell, you know, that's what it is. So, you know, I mean, I have to be completely honest about stuff like that. Just don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a lot. You're welcome. Absolutely. So I have to. Uh, that's what Dawn's going to get a tattoo that says that. I'm a lot. You're welcome. <clears throat> because she and I've talked about that a lot. Just trying to figure out how to deal with ourselves. <clears throat> so when you have, you know, people that you meet and you want to put them in a box or you trying to make them who you want them to be, just don't even waste your time. Don't be who you are. Be yourself. Get to know yourself so good that this is all you can think about is I'm being myself. And be bold to say I'm being myself. Because when you go and you think back on it, you have to think, did God create you? Were you delivered here to not be yourself? You think it's you can't be bold in who you are? I I've learned I'm learning. I'm learning to be bold. I'm telling you, I told y'all last week, I'm trying to tap into my Deion Sanders. That's why I can tell a person, don't send me your dick pics. Instead of like, okay, I got it. And then I get mad at him because he's saying it, but I didn't tell him no. And I didn't, no, I'm going to tell you no. So you're going to know I'm mad at you. You know it's not good. And you know it's so much of a no for me that I'm forwarded on to the police. Now, will they do something to it or do it or not? I don't know. But that goes to show that I'm becoming more comfortable with me every single day. I'm okay with telling somebody no because that person has nothing for me ever. If he buys my books or not, he has nothing for me. I'm not going to starve because I don't get his $20. And I'm definitely not going to make a beeline to go fuck because he sent me a picture. No, that's me being comfortable and not seeing, not making him into being something else. He's showing me attention. So, oh, he must like me. He said I was beautiful. He must this and he want to talk to me. Guess what? I know I'm beautiful. I know. I've been beautiful my whole life. Yep, I know it. Thank you. That ain't nothing new for me. There's nothing new for me. And it's not going to, somebody saying that to me isn't enough to get my attention to make me say yes to something that I don't want. It's cunning. It's underhanded. People have been using those tactics for years, trying to get the attention and goodness from a woman because that's what they've been taught. Men have been using that for years since a woman was 12 or 13, little girl, 12 or 13 years old, been trying to get at her at her goodness, going with her talking about she's beautiful, trying to make her say yes when she wants to say no. So no, that's not how it works. So the stronger you are with who you are, the more you get to know yourself, the more you get to say, no, that's not for me. No, I don't want that. This is what I'm doing and you can move forward, the stronger you become. You get closer to being your authentic self and being on your path to your purpose. And that's what it's all about. So tonight we talked about unsolicited dick pics and we talked about forcing ourselves on other people and other people forcing themselves on us. And you know the goodness of men, why we love them. 
and I'm trying desperately to try to figure out how to put this in text to make sure that, you know, I salute them. I love them. I think they're very powerful. How do you get them to understand that they're powerful too? When, as a woman, I'm not in competition with men ever. I'm not competing. Good for you. I can work and take care of myself. I'm good on my own. I'm not competing with you for anything. You be If, if a man wants to compete with me, he's definitely losing some points in my book because he shouldn't be trying to compete with me. He is a man, right? He is greatness in his own right. So this is Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. Don't forget to download Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. Follow me and go to my website, joycelynwells.com. There it is right behind me. Go to my website, go play there, see all the good stuff there. And uh, remember, when Joy's exposed, everything just feels better. Have a good week, and I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Mwah.